Central. This is Tech Radio. All things computers, gadgets and web happening right now in Ireland. Hear us anytime on iTunes or download from techcentral.ie. Tech Central. How are you doing? This is Dusty Rhodes. Welcome to Tech Radio with all the latest in tech from around Ireland and across the world. Remember, there are many ways of getting our show. Uh, I don't know which one you chose to get our show today, but you can download directly from our website at techcentral.ie or use a smartphone podcast app. Uh, iTunes there for you, or you can turn us on every Friday on the radio with DAB Digital Radio on RTE Radio 1 Extra. Joining me as always is editor of techcentral.ie, Niall Kitson. Uh, we're talking WhatsApp, Note 7s, um, iPhones and people de- literally destroying their iPhones um, because they believe it'll do it good. Um, <clears throat> but I want to start off now with something kind of a little bit more serious and that's the Law Reform Commission is tackling trolling because we've often talked about online bullying. Uh, law Reform, what's their ideas and what they're going to do? Yeah, well the Law Reform Commission put out a fairly detailed report this week. It's a, I had a quick flick through it. It's over 200 pages and what they were looking into at a very broad level was the idea of harmful communications. So a very, um, as I said, a very broad remit. So that that goes from everything from, you know, the trolling post on Facebook uh, all the way up to sort of the more really horrid things we see on the, the gutters of the Internet, like upskirting and down downblousing, which uh, had their own forums on their own threads on Reddit for a while. Um, but also they're looking at revenge porn as well, which... Um, is the practice of posting uh, nude photos of people that um, were possibly sent to you, posting them in in public without the individual's consent, Uh, often apparently done by jilted ex-partners. But uh, I want to talk just a little bit uh, uh, of an aside about where some of revenge porn comes from, because you might remember about three years ago, there was a site called Is Anyone Up? Um, or, or yeah, it was is anyone up dot com, and it was run by a chap called um, Hunter Moore, uh, who has since been uh, convicted of um, hacking uh, and uh, accessory to hacking, I think as well. Uh, and he's doing two and a half years uh, for this at the moment. And basically, his argument was, I'm just set up this site. People are sending me these images. That's fine. But it, it emerged that he was actually hacking into people's email accounts, pulling naked pictures from them and uploading them to his site. So not not only was he, you know, publishing pictures of people without their consent, he was actually actively going out and hacking accounts, looking for them. And sort of you bring it up to what last year, I think it was only, we had um, what was called the fappening which was that awful, awful incident where you had um, a number of female celebrities had their uh, either iCloud or email or anything like that hacked and their naked pictures posted in public forums and downloaded en masse by people um, and then posting like, isn't this fantastic? I've got material for this evening kind of a kind of a thing. Um, Jennifer Lawrence, you might remember, came out and called it a sex crime. Uh, something that I think we we both agreed with um, after a little bit of back and forth that, you know, these are images that weren't intended to be seen by anyone but the recipient and for anyone else to see them is a gross invasion of privacy uh, and should be treated in the harshest of terms. So the Law Reform Commission has been looking at problems like this and they've come up with a 32-point plan and on one level they're, they're looking at 
you know, what happens to adults, but they're also looking at what happens to children. And what happens with kids can be very problematic in that, you know, kids will be kids on one level. Also, you have the issue of legal culpability. If, you know, a 12-year-old takes a screen grab of something and sends it to another kid, is that similar to, say, a 40-year-old who's been stalking a woman who posts an image of her? That there is this disparity that exists in the law that that also needs to be addressed. So the Commission has come up with a 32-point plan. So it's quite detailed in their measures. And, you know, top-line offences can gain up to seven years in prison and an unlimited fine, which gives the courts quite a wide, um, quite a broad canvas in dealing with um, cyber-stalking or harmful communications online, which is great. Uh, I think um, it's a a report that is being greeted with um, pretty, pretty wide praise. I wrote a little bit about it on my blog on Tech Central this week. Um, and, and I think there's not an awful lot that you can argue with in it. There, there is always the whole, you know, this is really open to abuse kind of a thing. You know, there is always the right to be offended or the right mm. to say something that will offend someone. And you can't account for certain things that will offend in inverted commas some people. Um, people often occur, uh, often equate what they find offensive with with what is obscene in general uh, and mm. of course that's a that's a mistake to make so you can always say that um such plans when it comes to tackling trolls it, they can often miss the point that um you know there is always satire there is always posts that are not meant to be taken at face value but can be punished as such can i ask you do you think that uh, what they've put into their report is in- enforceable do you think they will be able to back it up yeah, well, one of my um, one of the favourite things that I like in the report, and again, this has received uh, praise pretty much across the board, is the establishment of an office of a digital. Um, gosh, I forget the exact term now, but basically a, a, a digital privacy protection commissioner. Okay, right? and it will be up to them to create a code of conduct for the internet as we know it. So not just you know discussion forums, but also the big social networks. And to make sure that those standards are implemented and that uh, all our platforms of choice are actually answerable to those standards. Okay, so now what about, uh, is is any of this enforceable internationally or is it only enforceable in Ireland? Well, we're not, unfortunately, it's only in Ireland at the moment. And these aren't even being passed into law right now. These these are basically recommendations from from a report. So this is all stuff okay. that has to work its way through the doll before being passed into law. OK, so our next thing then, right, is who has all their European headquarters in Ireland? Like everybody. Like everybody, <laughs> yeah. You know, and I'm thinking specifically of Facebook here because, you know, generally they tend to, you know, yeah, yeah, regulation. We, we don't like doing that kind of stuff. Or, you know, we, we do things in-house or our information is processed in America. So it's problematic, inverted commas. Um, mm. Although they, they do have a data centre over here now. So it's going to be um, it's going to be either less or more of an issue for them, depending on, on what your perspective is. Uh, personally, I think um, this was brought up at a conference I was at about security a couple of weeks ago. If you want to trade freely and not be bothered by regulators, go to the country or with the most stringent regulations or put together a, a, um, a, or collate all the data protection measures of the countries with the strictest measures and just comply to that. And you, you will never be bothered because that is it. You are covered to the nth degree. And well, I speaking, think, 
Speaking of people who have high standards and who do this and who are preemptive, I mean, we have a very, very good example of uh, of online etiquette and behaviour and stamping out bullying. Uh, with You mentioned message boards. I think boards.ie is a shining example. I think it really is. And what's interesting about boards, how it translates to Ireland, because Facebook and Twitter, they don't have a leg to stand on if they were to say, oh, you know, we can't do this in Ireland. Of course you can. I mean, boards.ie, primarily run by volunteer moderators, who uh, are very good at policing their individual forums. Now, there there are, uh, you know, exceptions by design. I mean, After Hours is designed to be the Reddit of boards. You know, you can say anything, it's fine. Um, <laughs> just don't be, don't be awful to people. Um, uh, boards.ie, they're, they're, uh, I, I was speaking to Dara Doyle when boards was going professional and, and was going to, to have to start taking moderation seriously because there were commercial implications. And uh, he said that, you know, they they had this basically a, a Bible of how boards is run and it ran to 90 pages and he had to keep boiling it down and boiling it down and boiling it down to, to something that's, you know, easily disseminated and discernible amongst people. But the golden rule on boards.ie is don't be a dick. There you go. That's, That's uh, And actually, do you know what? I think, because I've often said, you know, with religion and stuff like that and the Ten Commandments, I've always abided the, by the Eleventh Commandment, which is always treat people the way you would like to be treated. Yeah. Um, but I think don't be a dick is even better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the new Eleventh Commandment. Listen, we have a, a, a so much stuff to, to get through today. Uh, I wanted to uh, mention Elon Musk and, and travelling to Mars and stuff like that. But just before we do, uh, WhatsApp are kind of, in related story to law reform, WhatsApp are falling out of favour. Yeah, and very much related to the previous story we were talking about and, and going to the, the country with the most stringent data regulations if you want to, uh, if you want to do business uh, around Europe. Um, yeah, WhatsApp, and, and this is a really good example of data protection working for consumers. So the Hamburg Commissioner for Data Protection has told Facebook it cannot gather information on the 35 million WhatsApp users in Germany. You can't do it. You can't use it for commercial purposes, which is what you want. You can't harvest it in the first place. And the reason that, they've, that they're putting forward for this, I think, is really clever. I like this a lot. Basically, when Facebook acquired WhatsApp, they said, look, it's going to be two separate companies. It's kind of a, a soft acquisition, if you want to use a term like that, that, you know, they will be run as separate companies. So the Data Protection Commissioner said, well, fair enough. Um, Facebook has one set of terms and conditions and WhatsApp had another set of terms and conditions. Amongst them was we will not use your personal data for advertising. And those are the terms under which people signed up. You, even as the parent company, cannot go to WhatsApp day and say, oh, yeah, we're now going to start uh, using your data. You cannot do that because that's not what people signed up for. And I think, judging from all the messages that are going around with people saying, oh, make sure you tell uh, your WhatsApp application that you don't want your information shared with Facebook and people are getting the wrong end of the stick now and they're saying that anything you post on WhatsApp will also be pasted on your WhatsApp, uh, your Facebook your account Facebook, and stuff like yeah. that. It's, it's getting all, all, all confusing. But the core of the thing is, is that people don't want their WhatsApp connected to their Facebook in any way. Yeah, yeah. 
You know, so uh, I'm glad to see that the courts are, are, are taking, uh, in, in Germany, are taking WhatsApp to task about that. Elon Musk, did you uh, see any of his presentation the other day about going to uh, going to Mars? Probably not. I, was, I think it was too late at night. Yeah, I've been catching up on Twitter. Um, I, I, Iron Man has done it again, from what I gather. He, he is the consumerization of space travel. Is it upon us? Um, I, I don't think it's the consumerization of space travel. Now, you know me, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a bit of a science fiction head and I, I love all this, you know, kind of international travel. Contact is my favourite movie. Uh, Arthur C. Clarke is one of my favourite authors. I think Elon Musk is a real visionary here amongst us and kind of looking at the presentation he was made and some of the questions were really stupid and I think they were just from, from journalists who were treating the whole thing as a joke. Uh, which was kind of a little bit annoying. But I genuinely think that Elon Musk, he is a visionary. He is thinking about 50, 100 or even a thousand years ahead. OK, and he said in his th- this is brilliant, right? Whoever thinks on this level, he said, we have got two ways to go. We can stay on planet Earth as a civilization and some kind of an extinction event will happen. And because we're all on the same planet, boom, that's it. It's over. Yeah, well, inevitably. Exactly. Or we can start thinking about maybe trying to live on other planets or go other places and stuff like that. (laughs) It's like when you look at that choice, you go, well, okay, let's go exploring. And and it is the stuff of pure science fiction. It's not Mm. as if this is a brand new idea. This is a Mm. actually let's start developing a plan here. Let's take it seriously. Mm. I thought the video presentation that he had made was more just, uh, I wish he kind of hadn't made it in some ways because it did just look like a science fiction movie. Right. Uh, you know, it was kind of Mission to Mars is exactly what it was like, you know, and uh, and and it all seems to be kind of with it, with the thoughts that are rolling around his head. He's thinking about the, you know, OK, well, what do we need to do in order to get people up into space? Mm-hmm. And then what do we need to do to get them to Mars? He's even thinking about, you know, what do we need to do to get them back from Mars? So kind of like on, on that level, what he's saying is uh, they would send the spaceship up first with the people on it. All right. right. And it would essentially be a shell. Uh, and then uh, a reusable booster would come back down to Earth and then it would have the fuel module put on top of it and it would take off again and meet up with the uh, uh, spacecraft in orbit and then fuel it essentially. And then off it goes to Mars. Wow. And, he, you know, he's thinking, you know, with the water and certain nutrients that we know are available on Mars, that we would be able to create fuel on Mars for a return trip. So he, he's starting to think about those kind of things. Um, uh, the design of the rockets, I don't know how practical they are, but I mean, you know, he's, he's in there. Um I don't know, but just the fact that he's thinking about it, and I, the, NASA are doing their thing as well, all right, because they want to land people on Mars. Uh, and it's interesting that he's doing his own thing independently. And you would think that they would be, you know, kind of clashing against each other to see who would be first. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, NASA kind of went, well, you know, it's great to have other people all thinking, let's go to Mars. And what Elon said uh, was that, you know, it's brilliant that we have several people thinking about the ways of going to Mars, because inevitably everybody will, you know, trade secrets. <laughs> and, well, you know, you'll hear, so. that's a good idea. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's what happened with the Russians and the Americans when the, when the initial space race was on. They found out what the other was doing. Uh, and between the pair of them, they, they got up to space. So maybe that's what will uh, happen with Mars. And he says that it may happen in our lifetimes. Now, I've got another maybe 40 years left on planet Earth. I really would like to see um, somebody, a man, land on Mars in my lifetime. Yeah, well, if you look at it, 
mean, there has been no top-line manned space mission in either of our lifetimes. No. You know, I mean, there's always been that line between the International Space Station, but nowhere new within our lifetimes. Nothing like, you know, we both missed out on the moon landing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so uh, we haven't had anything like that in, what, what was that, 40, 50 years? Uh, I guess, 1969, yeah, so wasn't it? Yeah. Years. yeah, yeah, a long time ago. So, yeah, it'd be great to have a, another one in there. And, you know, governments don't have that kind of money to spend anymore and they don't have that big, you know, kind of, I think probably the only reason man landed on the moon was because the Americans wanted to outdo the communists. <laughs> yes, it was political it was, motivation. It was politics. Do you was. know, do you know how to accelerate um, interest in getting to Mars. Ha- make sure the Curiosity rover finds a deposit of something, ah. something <laughs> valuable, and you will see that race hot up very quickly. The one thing I did like about him was he um, he also acknowledges the past, and um, it's kind of like you know, kind of the 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 belt around Earth. I think it's two hundred fifty kilometers high, and it's known as the Arthur C. Clarke belt because Arthur C. Clarke figured out mathematically uh, you would need to place a satellite two hundred fifty kilometers high in the sky for it to maintain a geosynchronous orbit or whatever it calls. It stays in the same place above yeah. Earth. There you go, right? Um, and I thought that was a nice tip to Arthur C. Clarke. Uh, what Elon Musk is going to do, he says, the first spacecraft, if he manages to do it, is going to be called the Heart of Gold which is in a tip of the hat to uh, Douglas uh, Adams. And yeah, Hitchhiker's, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Yeah, yeah. There you go, with the infinite improbability drive. And I love that, improbability, <laughs> because, you know, that's what you're talking about, Elon Musk. How improbable is that? Yeah. And, and a knows? cruelly treated film, I have to say. A great book and, and actually a great film that I don't think got its due when it came out. No, it didn't. Uh, no, I didn't like the movie at all. Oh, really? Oh. <laughs> I, I read the book. The book was amazing. The BBC TV series was amazing. And then the movie was just, ah, that's just Hollywood. Uh, <laughs> 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 Listen, uh, have you picked up your new Note 7 yet? Uh, can you pick up a Note 7? Ha <laughs> 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 There you go. I believe uh, that they've replaced uh, over half of the Note 7s worldwide, yeah? Yeah, we're looking at a 60% recall uh, or replacement rate on the global recall at the moment. Uh, nine, 90% are actually, 90% of people that bought a Note 7, whether they're uh, bringing it back or not, are actually sticking with the Note 7. So they're, you know, they're basically going, OK, well, there is a problem with the battery. OK, here, here you go. Just give me another one. So the, the product itself, battery aside, is still, I don't know, would you, would you call it successful? I don't I know. Call it's, it successful. It has its adherence. Call it successful. He asks me. Oh my God! I keep seeing people around, and they've got the Note Six, or not the Note, uh, the, the Note Three, or the Note Seven, uh, particularly with the uh, the Galaxy S Seven or the S Six. And every time I see one, I just think to myself, that blows the iPhone out of the water. Okay. Just in sheer looks and usability and the curved screen and the edge and stuff like that. And then I see other people with iPhones and they really, so, they so look 1998. <laughs> well, I tell you one, one little fix that Samsung did to the Note 7 that might into your interest in it or your affection for it mm-hmm. is that what was 100% of the battery charge is now actually 60% of the battery charge. 
Now, you see, I, I don't know if, the, if that's the fix, the hardware fix that they've done, but that was certainly the software fix. They kind of went, oh, yeah, we've got an update, and da, da, da. And essentially all the update did was it wouldn't allow the battery to charge more than 60% and therefore wouldn't blow up. That was a theory. Yeah. But when you actually uh, trade in the phones, I would hope that that's not the story. If you're telling me that that is the story, then not only will that blow a little hole in my appreciation of the S7 uh, or the Note 7, it'll be completely annihilate my any interest in it. <laughs> well, that's 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 what my sources tell me at the moment. I think that was reporting the BBC even. So, oh, yeah. Oh, that's not good. Not good. Uh, now, listen. Uh, speaking of uh, mobile phones, uh, the iPhone. Somebody. <laughs> there's many people on the internet. And I love them, and they just love blowing things up. I suppose that's what they did in Top Gear. They blew up caravans, didn't they? Or was it, it was the science show they blew it up caravans? It was Brainiac on Sky. Brainiac, there you go. They love blowing up caravans. And then there was, uh, I love the YouTube series, uh, Will It Blend? Will It Blend, yes, absolutely. Fantastic. They put the iPad in that. And then there's another guy and he loves uh, blowing up technology and stuff like that. And he has put up a video on the internet uh, with a fix for the missing headphone jack on the iPhone 7. Oh, Tell God, us more. You've you got to love this, don't you? A gentleman by the name of Taris Maximuk. And uh, his thing is he posts YouTube videos that are kind of spoof tutorials. So, uh, I mean, you know, when something goes wrong or you need to replace a battery in something or whatever, you just go look for a how-to video on YouTube. And, you know, invariably there's a, a nice, elegant solution there that doesn't cost you 60 or 100 euro to, uh, to have it looked at. So um, what this guy does is he takes that form of the tutorial video and he breaks things. So he, he this is, you know, it's kind of, they're kind of spoof videos. But uh, what he's done with this iPhone 7 video is that he it's basically how to create how to make a headphone jack for your iPhone 7. And uh, he takes a drill to the base of the phone and just drills a hole in it. <laughs> there you go. There's your headphone jack. He's <laughs> had like 10 million. Do you know the saddest thing, right, is that he's had, what, 10 million views of that video or something? Something like that, yeah. I bet you there's at least 1% of people who have actually possibly tried that. Oh, you know it. You know it. <laughs> you just know it. Like, And do you know what's even worse is, because uh, it's, it's people who would watch that video and then would have a drill and you know, sufficiently know how to use a drill in order to drill into their iPhone. They're just, they don't deserve. <laughs> they don't deserve <laughs> to, to be let a fine out piece wild. of machinery. But some of the comments um, that are mentioned uh, are hilarious. I mean, there, there are people going, yes, and if you want to be able to share your iPhone's music with other people, you can create a second headphone jack by drilling right beside the camera. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's fantastic. Yeah, and then you get a second camera or something like that. <laughs> Goodness knows what they come up with. Listen, I think on that note, we shall leave it for uh, this week. Uh, surely we have one thing or even two more things uh, that are uh, available online on the Tech Central website that we didn't get to talk about in the podcast. Yeah, well, we have a whole ton of stuff to read this week. Uh, although you might have copped in the news, there is a grand plan to uh, attract our best and brightest back to Ireland by giving them completely ridiculous tax breaks. So you can read about that on techcentral.ie. Yes, and what I like about that story is that there are two very vocal sides to that story. People who think it's a great idea and people who think it's terrible. And generally, I think the people who think it's terrible are the people who stayed in Ireland, am I right? Oh, yeah. 
me I count count me in on that side. <laughs> there you go. Also, I really like the story, so I'm going to throw it in as my one more thing uh, about uh, the uh, website uh, that rips the audio from YouTube videos are being sued by the record companies. Very interesting story that as well. You can uh, check it out. That is all on TechCentral.ie, along with the, all the latest Irish tech news. There's hourly updates on there. There's daily newsletters and more on the website, as well as our weekly tech radio show here online. And of course, every Friday at 6 p.m. on DAB Digital Radio with RTE Radio 1 Extra. Until next week, thank you so much for listening. For myself, Dusty Rhodes, and from Nile Kitson, back at Tech Central HQ. Take care. Get Tech Radio. Subscribe for free with iTunes or download on demand at techcentral.ie. Tech Radio is produced by digitalaudioproductions.com. Tech Central.